Okay. <sighs> I feel like the beginning of this podcast would just be us sighing really deeply. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> just like us like deep, <sighs> deep real spiritual sigh. <sighs> this is everything is just everything. <clears throat> Well, uh, welcome back to another episode of On She Goes, the podcast. Um, this one is kind of a, I guess, a bonus episode, if you will. It wasn't supposed to be part of our lineup. We had some other episodes planned to release um, that were already finished. But alas, here we are. Um, I mean, I guess it's it's hard to form this. Um, today it's me, Sarita, and Rebecca. Hello. Your two black representatives for Anchi Goes. Um, uh, two fourths of the team. Two fourths, one half. Two fourths, one half of the team. Yes, one half of the team. And uh, we just kind of wanted to chat and check in. I mean, this might mostly be me and Rebecca just uh, getting pretty upset and uh, cursing white folks out. But it also might not be. We never know. No. <laughs> we don't know yet. The day is young. The day is young. Is it young, though? Because I do feel like it's already, like, Friday. I'm already exhausted, and it's Monday. <laughs> it's been quite a day already. Uh, for those of you, because it's going to come out, of course, after today. Today we woke up to um, some Democrats kneeling in um, kente cloth scarves on Capitol Hill. So it's been quite a day. And it's and it's literally eleven fourteen. It's eleven fourteen a.m. Um, <laughs> and I'm fed up. I'm fed up, and I'm through. Uh, I, I think let's start kind of from the beginning. So since we last checked in with everybody, obviously our country has been in turmoil due to COVID, and we've you know gotten to see some real crazy behavior. But of course, yet again, another black man was killed by uh, the police in Minneapolis. Um, since then, we've had uh, several uh, protests um, in all 50 states and 18 countries, actually, um, for Black Lives Matter, um, to abolish like systematic oppression, systematic racism, and to uh, defund the police. Um, and also, you know, in the memory of Breonna Taylor, um, as well as Ahmaud Arbery and uh, Tony McDade. So <clears throat> we've been protesting every day uh, in the U.S., which is great. Uh, I think this is like, this will be the 11th consecutive day, and I'm super happy about that. I feel like no justice and no peace. Like, we need to, we need to be heard. And so far, a few things have happened. Um, I believe the Minneapolis Police Department decided to disband their department they did yeah they are no longer going to exist in the the form that they have in the past i'm not sure exactly what that means and how it's going to come to life in a new iteration but it has been disbanded i believe that they said they're going to be going for like community-led policing which kind of scares me i'm gonna be honest because that takes me back to like white vigilante i was gonna say that like, yeah like, that's a little terrifying. Like, I'm not sure if I want the racist cops that were on the police department now trying to enforce laws just as citizens. Right. Like, and replaced by the racist private citizens. Yeah. I don't need that. Like, I, <laughs> I just feel like there's going to be a lot of self-deputization, like, absent, mm -hmm. absent any official, you know, policing. It's just going to mm -hmm. be a lot of people who think that they are right just by virtue of being white, which, I mean, I guess what's new? 
which literally, exactly, I was about to say, which literally happens all the time. All the time. I mean, I, I was just watching, um, so I watched two videos last night before I went to bed, which is why I probably need to stop doing this. I probably need to stop doing this. I did sleep well, though, I will say that. That's good. I slept well, I slept hard. Um, the first video I watched was a, a man that was so upset that people were protesting near his house. They were actually protesting outside of the police department, but I believe it was a smaller town, so it was a smaller protest. Mm-hmm. And this white man was incredibly upset, so he decided mm-hmm. that he was going to call the cops. And the cops were basically like, yeah, we, we can't do anything Literally about that. Literally the First Amendment to the Constitution. Because <laughs> yeah. they were like, oh, no, we didn't get this right. Let's add this so people can do it because it's not illegal. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, let me speak to the sergeant then. <laughs> and, like, it's like, what? No, sir. Like, you need to sit down and shut up and go somewhere just because you don't like it. And then I saw there was a white woman. I don't know what state this was in, but I saw the girl get bigged up on Twitter. Um, she slapped the shit out of this white woman because, uh, I believe it was a Latina, because the white woman was telling her to go back to her country while they were inside of, like, a convenience store. Oh, wow. I don't know what led to this, but, and and we've heard, we've seen in the past that nothing needs to lead to it, honestly. But um, the woman was just being so ridiculous and rude, and, like, she was making up things about the person who was recording, and the person was like, what are you even talking about? You just told this woman to go back to her country. And then the girl was like, I'm, I was born in America. Like, first of all, you need to go back to your country. I bet your parents aren't from here. I bet your family is like from someplace else. Right. <laughs> uh, and then she like the woman threw herself into the girl. And so the, and she was like, don't touch me. And the girl was like, I didn't touch you. So the woman pushes the girl and the girl slaps the shit out of her. It was the slap heard around the world because it was a legit slap. I mean, it was. I feel like it, I saw the abstract, like I saw the cover photo for that video, which was like somebody's back in a convenience store. And I was like, I know where this is going. Yeah. I don't want to take this trip today. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow. First, first and foremost, I guess, like, how are you feeling? How are you? How are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm, I'm exhausted. Honestly, I'm, I've been so like mentally drained over the past week, week and a half. But then I feel guilty about that because like I realize how many people are like on the front lines and fighting for this, and it is exhausting. And I'm sure they all feel the same thing, and I feel kind of shitty about that because like I'm, I'm doing probably less than I could be doing, for sure. Um, I've made donations, and I've signed all the petitions, but I feel like I could be doing more, and I feel bad for being exhausted for the little that I have done versus the people who are, like, out there on the front lines risking their lives. Um, Yeah. But I'm also exhausted uh, from the white guilt that has been coming my way over the past week and a half, and we could get into that a little bit later, but... Mm. I'm I'm also frustrated at some of the people. I'm not going to give brands too much. I don't expect much of brands, but I'm upset at the collective response that we've seen from brands about this because it just seems so patronizing and so, like, they lost their marketing moments because of COVID, but now this is something else they could put their marketing dollars behind versus actually doing anything or caring about right. the issue at hand. And it's it's disgusting. So, yeah, yeah, a lot of things. I'm feeling similar to you. Um, I feel very exhausted. I feel frustrated. I feel motivated slash unmotivated. I feel unmotivated because, again, I I am exhausted. I'm tired. Um, I'm tired of 
this, you know, I'm tired of like watching people die. Right. Um, I'm tired of watching people oppose something that is, should be so like, if you are any, in any sense, a good person, you would not want racist ideals to exist. Like if you are any, like, so like the fact that people are opposing stuff like this is just really aggravating. I don't get it. Um, I'm tired of performative bullshit. I'm over it. I'm over like people who uh, take advantage of black culture and, you know, profit off of it, who are not black, who are like finally found it in their hearts to say something that is not meaningful or, you know, I'm I'm just, it's just like, I'm, it's, I, I heard someone say the other day, they want the rhythm, but not the blues. And it's like, it's always been so true. Like, yes. And I think, and it's just, it it makes me think about all of the years that I've watched things go down and like all that stuff and all the protesting. And, you know, I used to protest in March for Mumia Abu Jamal in Philly, uh, my hometown, for years. And I used to protest at Howard all the time. When I first got to Howard, one of my good friends, Jennifer, her brother had been killed by the police. Uh, Prince Jones, may he rest in peace. That was in two, uh, 2000. Uh, you know, I, I just, cause it's like, I'm, you killed somebody. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but you killed someone. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't, you, you don't think that that's going to be such a controversial statement. Um, right. From people coming to its defense. Like, right. I don't understand people who defend things that are abjectly evil. Like, there's no way to slice this that is not inherently evil. So for you to defend it means you must be evil, too. Right. Yeah. And I'm kind of at this point where, like, I'm having a really hard time trusting, like, a lot of white folks. And no shade to the white people that I call my friends. And and they know who they are. And those people are people who know me well enough to know my heart. And they also know, like, yo. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not... You know, they're, they've they self-educated. They're not relying on me to educate them on systematic oppression, racism, and police brutality. Right. You know what I mean? They're not hitting me up going, oh, hey, girl, you know. Somebody somebody posted, uh, and I'll, I'll have to find who it was. They said, Instagram is not your anti-racism curriculum. No, it's not. Because a lot of people are stopping at Instagram and what they learn in these posts. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is how this perpetuates. Is like, you never thought to educate yourself outside of school. You never thought to educate yourself outside of the traditional things that you learned in your household. Yeah. You can't just look for a quick fix. There is no quick fix. I, uh, I actually had someone hit me up <laughs> the other day. Uh, someone that I don't talk to very often. I didn't have their phone number in my phone. Um, and, you know, they were, oh, I love you, Sarita, so much. And first of all, if I don't have your number on my phone, how do you love me? Right. Because I clearly don't love you. Well, you have fans. So, you have fans. Do you have my number? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe. Um, I worked on a lot of productions. I'm probably on a call sheet. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I had someone call me and they, not call me, excuse me, text me. And then they, they kind of, they found the right one that day because I literally was like, you know what, you about to get the education of a lifetime. And they got like a rundown about systematic racism, oppression, police brutality, all this stuff. Um, we talked about, so I, we didn't actually talk about anything. I talked 
Um, I hope they read. I did not get a response back, but I was like basically telling them like systematic oppression is the fact that like when I was in elementary school, I was immediately at six years old. I think we talked about this, Rebecca. I was immediately Mm -hmm. put in special ed with the four other black children that were in the school until I was immediately without being tested, without being anything, immediately put in special education. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's everything wrong with it. And there's nothing wrong with it. There's everything wrong with it because I was placed in there solely due to the fact that I was black, which happens all the time because it actually happened, uh, I believe to both of my sisters as well, but at a different school district. Um, and my mom had to really fight for that. And that's, that's something that's really common, actually. Um, we have a friend who's a black superintendent, or at least she was. Um, she's a soror, and she was basically telling my mom that this is a very common practice for a lot of school districts, pre- predominantly uh, white ones, but it happens a lot. I didn't even think about that until just now, but when I was in school, I was in the honor system, and my mom had to come up to the school and, like, argue the administration down Mm -hmm. to even put me in those classes to test me out of stuff that they wanted me to be. In fact, like, once I took the test, I ended up skipping a grade. Yeah. But then when I ended up in the honors program, it was me and a bunch of white girls. Yeah, because they automatically assume that the white folks are smarter than us, which is not uh, something that's new. We know that this is, like, a tale as old as time. Right. And it's crazy because... To get back to, like, the the, the text messages, the white guilt uh, messages and emails and stuff, it's like, if I'm friends with you and we are close, you feel, by all means, check on me, you know, contact me. If we are not friends, you don't have to do that. I am not, I'm actually more angered by it when you know that we're not close and you do it. Because it's more for you than it is for me. Right. It's It's more for you to feel like you checked off a box and you did something and you're still a good person. Right. Versus it is actually wanting to know like how I'm feeling. Because if I tell you how I'm feeling, I'm going to hurt your feelings. Right. It's like, well, I'll tell you how I'm feeling about this text message right now. Like, <laughs> I'm actually pretty bothered by it. Uh, you know, right. it's just, it, like like we said, I'm sick of performative nature. I'm sick of all of these things that are just, you know, here to, 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 show, to show off something that is not necessarily in your heart. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not, like, I'm literally just kind of like, I'm not doing this today with white folks. Like, mm-hmm. I'm ready to start calling folks out. Like, I'm ready to start, like, just being like, nope. Uh-uh. I th- I think what's the most uh, a thing that's bothered me about it is it's not that they want to be on the right side of history. They just don't want to be on the wrong side of it. Yeah, 100%. 100%. It, it's not that they want to do what's right and what's just and what's fair and what's, like, humane. It's just that they don't want to get called out. Right. Right. Yeah. I did, I checked on you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nobody asked you to check on me. I'm actually... I sent you that text. I didn't ask you to do that. No, I really didn't. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's definitely been, I've, I've seen a bunch of people posting about that. I've actually saw the funniest TikTok of a guy that was sitting there while his phone, email, yes. fax was going off from, like, uh-huh. white people. <laughs> How are you? Can I send $5 to your Venmo? Right. <laughs> like, all um, these things. I thought that was hilarious. So just literally like that. Um you know, it's just, it's an interesting, interesting thing. And I don't know, like, I, my only answer is undo, first of all, learn about systematic oppression, learn about microaggressions, learn about the and the daily things that you do that undermine, you know, uh, and, and, excuse me, not undermine, but like promote a racist society and then undo them. 
yourself and undo them within your family structure and within your generation. Like I can't help you by you just text texting me. And also like, thanks for reminding me. I was out here deep conditioning my hair and doing a face mask. And now I'm back to feeling like shit again. Like it's just, it's an interesting thing. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate, honestly, because uh, I don't know. We live in Portland and we live in Portland (laughs) and God bless us because, you know, the other day, um, me and my signif other went to a, um, we went to a protest and we were actually pretty taken aback. We had only, uh, we hadn't really been to a protest in Portland before. And we were taken aback by how many white people were at the protest. And we were kind of like slightly emotional because I've never seen like white people and other people of races protesting and fighting for black people. Yeah. I've never actually seen that because, um, like, I, I guess maybe because of all of the protests I've ever been to have been predominantly black areas. And also, I think that was just new. Like, when we were protesting and marching for Mumia, there was not white people out marching for Mumia like that, you know? Right. And if you were the one person or two people out there marching for Mumia, don't try to come at my neck. It is what it is. But, like, so it was, like, kind of emotional. But at the same time, it was like, all right, it it does I would say the bright spot that I feel is that things feel a little different where it feels like everybody's fed up. But I think that's also a product right. of like COVID, to be honest. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. I think that this was all like uh, a ticking time bomb, for lack of a better phrase. But like there's so much um, instability mm-hmm. in America right now and like the world sees it. Like, all the illusions of America that we've put out there that, like, it's land of the free, home of the brave. They've also put out the narrative across the world that, like, Black people are lazy Mm -hmm. and Black people aren't deserving of humanity and all these things that, like, video evidence can refute quite easily. And I think that it took the world seeing that video and caring about it on a larger scale and internalizing it for us to, like, really be introspective about what we've been doing in this country and how poorly... Black people have been treated in this country since its inception. In fact, like that's the, the basis, basis of, of the, the country. country. Yeah, it's the basis of the country, and so I, I've lost my train of thought. But I think it just it it took people seeing it plus the the helplessness and the hopelessness from us being indoors with this virus over the past three months and nothing getting better yeah. and no one cares about any of us. And I think that's the point that has been right. If if it was not clear before. The government does not care about any of us. No, no, they care about themselves and money. They care about themselves, maintaining their political power in their positions and continuing to make money on, like, fixed... I'm not going to say... It's not fixed, but, like, they get paid regardless. Everyone else does not get paid regardless. They don't give a shit about any of us, and I think it took all of us realizing that at the same time. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think um, a lot of it, too, is, like, we got time now. Yes. Like, a lot of the jobs, the jobs that are gone, the jobs are gone. Yeah. There's that. There's also the fact of, like, you know, COVID kind of, I mean, obviously it wasn't, it wasn't an equalizer because it's, it didn't affect uh, populations equally. You know, the black and brown community, specifically the black community has been affected way more drastically by COVID um, than right. other communities. Uh, but I will say that like, it was the thing where when it came to being isolated, it kind of forced everyone to be isolated and people right. hate, not being able to do the shit that they want to do, especially people with privilege. 
um, whether mm-hmm. that be celebrities or white people or whomever, like hate not being able to do the things that they want to do. And I think that's also a big part of it. I think they finally, people started to finally feel like how other people have been treated in this country for years, right? like secondary and like they don't matter. And I think that's when people are like, oh, shit. And I don't know if it's a realization. I do think there's a younger generation that's a little different, that's a little bit more aware. But I don't think it's a realization as much as it's probably just like, or an awakening. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to call it, to be honest. I I just feel like I've seen a lot of people in the streets. And I also think that it's great that we're like identifying who the agitators, the instigators, and who the fakes are amongst this whole thing, because like getting the the footage of like the police officer breaking the windows at Target or, you know, why is there just a pile of bricks laying here? Like I've never- Right, all these piles of bricks (laughs) in these like fully constructed areas. I've never stumbled upon a pile of bricks. I've never. No, I mean, (laughs) I have, but that's a different, that was a new development. (laughs) It wasn't like the middle of Buckhead, Atlanta. So, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I love that, like, all of those people are being exposed. And I think it's like, I think I love that, like, people are being very vocal about the media and the way the media portrays, like, protesters. And as far as, like, you know, separating, like, you know, oh, the looting and the rioting versus, like, the peaceful protesting, like, what they highlight versus what's being highlighted. I'm actually happy that people got to see reporters getting attacked and arrested by the police because... right. Unfortunately for them, they had to endure that. But the fact of the matter is, like, this just goes to show you, like, you're literally on camera live and you're arresting this man and his entire camera crew for what? For doing their fucking job? Like, you're not doing your job. Like, it's just, I'm just happy that a lot of shit is being exposed. I feel like the Time Magazine person of the year has to be, like, the phone camera. (laughs) It has to. It, first of all, it's not going to be a no. person. We yeah, know that because every people are getting canceled. Yeah. Like that. But I think the cam, the phone camera has done more for us this year in exposing inequality and justice mm-hmm. on such a broad scale mm-hmm. than any other person. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I'm all down for exposing people, finding out where they live, who they work for. You know how I feel about a receipt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love a good receipt. So that kind of brings me to um, the uh, new, I think there was like a law passed in New York. I probably should have did a bit more research. I was just a little too fed up. But the Amy Cooper bill. I saw that. Like, I'm like to Amy Cooper, like, sis, I hope it was worth it. Because you, they gave her the dog back. I saw that. But but like, you have a bill named after you because you were a racist. Right. Because you are a racist piece of shit. Now, and you weaponized the police. You tried to weaponize the police against a black man because you knew what the potential outcome would be, and you knew that you you thought actually that you would be okay. Like, like you thought that that was perfectly fine to call nine one one as though they're customer service, and you have a broken AirPod, and you could have gotten him killed. <laughs> like she knew what no. she was doing because oh, she, she like, said it. Yeah, she absolutely knew what she was doing. I'm so. gonna tell them that an African American man is attacking me. That man is nowhere near you, sis. If anything, and you keep walking closer to him. Right. Like I She choked out that she choked Henry. She choked Henry. Is that his name? Out. Henry? Yes. She choked Henry out. Henry. <laughs> on camera, that's not funny, but I mean, come on now. How did they and of course she got her dog back, whatever. 
But like that's all she has. It's just, uh, it's just aggravating, and it brings up so many old wounds too. Because it's just like the power, and this is what I'm scared of with this like community-led justice. Because I'm like the power that a lot of white folks think they wield over Mm -hmm. black people specifically when it comes to um, policing, policing, and like having the right, like. I used to giggle at the notion of white people always trying to make citizens arrest um, Mm -hmm. because it's just so ridiculous. Like, I'm making a citizen's arrest. Like, why do you have handcuffs? Why do you have uh, zip ties? Right. Why do you have, like, sir, you you need to get an actual job Um, or some (laughs) hobbies or something. Obviously, you're in the crafts. A pastime. Right. (laughs) Anything. But, like, I'm happy there's a bill named after her now. Because I feel like now she's been publicly shamed, humiliated. She's lost most things. Obviously, she got her dog back, so not everything. Um, but the fact of the matter still remains, and I had this conversation the other day, is that she's still a white woman. She is. So she's still going to be welcomed in some in, in certain areas. She's not going to be completely ostracized. Because at the well, end they of the banned day, her from Central woman. Park. Yeah, but and that's that's <laughs> real. I mean, damn. I don't even know that they've done that to anyone else on record, quite frankly. That's also, how are they going to enforce blocks. that? That's 51 city blocks that she cannot be seen in. How, how are they going to enforce that? She's just going to move out of New York. All she can do, all she has to do yeah. is move to a, a, a different town, a smaller town, and probably live peacefully and great. Maybe get a yeah. garden. I don't fucking know. She might know. have to change her name, but... In which she probably will, but I feel yeah. like there's Amy Cooper is like a hella uh, regular ass name. I feel like there's probably forty five other forty five million probably other Amy Coopers. So she could probably move just move to another country, right? Yeah, You're you know what wrong. I mean. Um, and continue to be a trash bag. Like there's this weird feeling of like things are cathartic because you're you know like watching the all the poor officers um, get arrested. Uh, for George Floyd's murder and like, you know, opening back up Breonna Taylor's case. But it's like, but what's going to happen? Like, are they going to get found guilty? Are, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I I feel like America is like the, the bad relationship that keeps telling you that it's changed. Right. And then you find out that they still texting other bitches behind your back. Mm-hmm. Like it's literally just like that that situation where I just I just can't you can't trust it. Like I don't know. We have to undo so much shit. It's so much work to be done, and it's not enough. We're not gonna be able to do it just in 2020. No, because it's it's systemic. It's and I, I mean it's it's easy to say that and just like walk away, but like the prison industrial complex. Oh my god. Redlining and like denying applications of mortgages and mm-hmm. loans to black people to start businesses, to move into good neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that the school funding is based on how much the people put into taxes. So of course mm-hmm. higher property taxes means better education. So what does right. that do for the people who live in low income areas? Right. The fact that they have diverted funds from education to the police departments across various cities. Right. Things like that. And saying that they don't have enough money for this. And yet, you know, like, I I just, I feel like we got to start from zero and build it from the ground up. And what's really unfortunate is that there's very few examples around the world of who to look up to. Like, you can look up to certain countries for certain things, but there's nobody who is... 
who's just good just across the board. Across the board. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, one of the main reasons is because colonizers have of destroyed course. a multi, like so many things, and most of the world, to be honest, it's almost like yeah, we do have to start over from scratch. We have to like dismantle like an entire system, and then you also have to work on like dismantling the thought process that mm-hmm. people in the system have. You know, everybody is so used to like I was talking today about um hospitals and the mistreatment of like black women when they're giving birth and how nobody believes them when they're in pain or like people black people in general like there's been times where I've gone to hospitals and people have not believed me and like you know my doctor my doctor's a a black woman uh, my my gynecologist when I had a surgery she told me uh make sure you tell anybody who you ever have surgery like anyone any anesthesiologist, you make sure you tell them that you are very sensitive to anesthesia because, you know, you it took us a long time to wake you up. And I'm like, OK, and my immediate I immediately got anxiety because I was like, there's no anesthesiologist that's ever going to believe me because I'm mm. you know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, and yeah. then I went to a, a spiral of panic of, oh, Lord, they're going to kill me. And even though I'm not oh, no. about to give birth or anything like that, right. I just... I mean, just like, in general. Right. Like, I just started to feel very, very scared. I was like, oh, no. Like, if I ever have to have surgery again, I'm going to have to figure out a way to tell somebody this, and they're not going to believe me. And hopefully there'll be, like, a black anesthesiologist or a woman, a black woman specifically, that, like, you know, I just... Because it's just so... I don't know. I remember spraining my ankle, like, in New York... And I went to a hospital that will remain unnamed. Sprain, like a clean sprain. Um, They gave me two Tylenol, regular strength, and one crutch. And I had... I had really good insurance. It shouldn't have matter what Not type of insurance crutch. I had. <laughs> one crutch. It shouldn't have matter what type of insurance I had. But they like that's not the standard of care apparently for a sprained ankle. They're supposed to give you a painkiller that's a little bit harder than Tylenol. Uh, what were you supposed to do with the one crutch? I had only sprained one ankle apparently. But I mean, what about the other side? The balance. What about? Listen. <laughs> Just so confused. Like. That's why I said they aren't taking this seriously, so I'm not going to take it seriously. <laughs> and my ankle hasn't been right ever since, but I mean, I guess that's more on me. But I was I don't think I was given the proper standard of care for a sprained ankle. No, you absolutely weren't. And, like, that's the thing that it's just like. So it's like this is just an example amongst so many other things that's like. Like, I mean, shit, I was walking into my apartment building the other day, and there was, like, two white people sitting there, and I have my bike and I'm, like, pressing the button to get in to open the door. And, like, they're not moving. And I'm, like, yeah. excuse me. You see me carrying this heavy-ass butt. Excuse me. And right. they're just, like, standing there. And then they move, like, an inch. And then the woman's standing in front of my apartment door. And I'm just staring at her. And she's, like, hi. Can I help you? And I was, like, this is my apartment. Can I get inside of my apartment? Right. And she's just, like, oh, oh, sorry. And I was, like. She's like, I didn't realize it was your apartment. Do you think I'm just walking a fucking bike? First of all, if I'm coming in to take some shit, I'm not going to be carrying no big-ass bike. Right. Let's be clear. Exactly. Like, you yeah. leave that. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, I just, I'm on edge because um, I know, like, I want to be positive, and I feel positive, and I'm, I'm so appreciative of all the work that people are doing. Um, and I'm going to continue to donate, march when I can, protest when I can. Um, and continue to like 
I guess, educate people, even though I, but also encourage others to seek out education. Mm-hmm. Because let me tell you something. I see, if I see another uh, white girl post like a W.E.B. Du Bois uh, book, and if I ask you if you've read it, you know what I'm saying? If I ask you who, yeah. who is the talented tenth, you better be able to tell me. Like, like, <laughs> you know, Pop like, quiz. right. Like, what is the talented tenth? Like, I need you to be able to tell me. Like, I can't. Otherwise, it's just a distribution of lists. Right. And nothing ever gets internalized. And listen, there's plenty of newsletters out there, so I don't need another list distribution. Exactly. <laughs> there's plenty. I get like 50 a day. But also, you know, I wanted to talk about um, Afar. We got. I sent you guys oh, a text message earlier today because I feel yeah. like Afar Magazine has finally realized that they are far too white. And <laughs> I, feel, I feel like a lot of travel publications take a really colonial <laughs> stance on um, on travel. In 100%. General. It's like manifest destiny. You're you deserve to see the world just by virtue of existing. All lands are your land. Yes. No, that ain't your land. <laughs> you need to get off that land. That's what you need to do. And I and what it it has turned into this homogenization of travel culture, which is why a lot of the pictures look the same and a lot mm-hmm. of the trips look the same. It's because you're going to the same beaten paths because you don't want to go where, you know, these people live. And I'm I'm sure there's like variants of you know, lifestyles and cultures, even within all the countries people visit, but they always end up doing the same five to 10 things that are on a list of things that other people have done that they co-sign that are safe and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. palatable, I suppose, for a world traveler. But I feel like all the world travelers that I've seen and know of all do the same cliche stuff, take pictures in front of the same places, mm-hmm. eat at the same restaurants. 100%. Don't, don't leave the main streets. Right. And don't actually get to know anyone in the communities that they're that they're visiting. Don't give back to, uh, you know, local businesses when they travel. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, staying in smaller establishments, bed and breakfast, things like that. And like I see. So I saw their their email today and it was like we're we're extremely white. And it was just like I feel like everybody thinks that as long as they say something that that is like never been said before out loud by them that they're doing their part like we fucked up listen no you just being you (laughs) like you didn't fuck up you just being you like which is fucked up you know what I mean in general but like to me I read that and I was like hard eye roll like it's been years since uh groups like travel noir no madness and shit us and you know many many others have been out there you know, trying to spread the word and trying to, like, say that, like, travel industry, mainstream travel industry is incredibly fucking white. And now you just now hearing it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how did you hear it? How did you stumble upon who that? Who told conclusion? you? Right. I'd love to know how you stumbled upon the conclusion. I want to know who awoke in the middle of the night and said, <gasps> oh, my gosh. I mean, that's the thing. Because you, you know if you, like, dig a little deeper, go into those inboxes, there's probably thousands and thousands of pitches from black and brown writers mm-hmm. who were just begging for the chance to break. Mm-hmm. And yet they still told the same story, mm-hmm. 25 Instagrammable places to go in Rome or wherever. Right. You know? It's like, I don't need any, like, yeah, like you said about the ruins. We don't need no more pictures of the ruins in Rome. <sighs> <laughs> I'm I'm not going to be doing any Rome tourism anytime soon. It's a wrap. Italy done, Italy done wrapped it up for you. 
I mean, Italy has effectively told us to stay put. They did. They were like, yeah, United States. Don't bring that trash in here. So the other thing I want to talk about is fuck them statues. So (laughs) people are like so upset about people removing these statues. I ain't never learned shit from no statue. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not walking up on a statue to read the thing. I have not learned anything from a statue. Like I, I actually, for the first time I went to, I would, I had been to Richmond before. Um, but it, I was so young at the time. I don't recall why I was there, what I was doing there. I think my mom took me to like a African-American museum there or something like that. But when I was in Richmond recently and I was taken down the street that has all of the, uh, the author Ash, I believe it's a monument, Avenue, Monument Drive or something like that. Sorry, I think Arthur Ashe is where the Daughters of the Confederacy building is, which I believe is now burnt. What? Thank God. I believe so. Yeah. uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, though. I believe there's some racist shit on Arthur Ashe Boulevard. That's all I know. That's wild. How? how, Oh, gosh. But on Monument Ave, there's all the monuments from the Confederacy. And I'm just like, why? They always telling us to, like, get over slavery, get over it, get over it. But, like, y'all can't get over it because y'all got fucking monuments to this shit. Right. Like you lost. You fucking lost. You You lost. lost. Get over that. (laughs) Damn. So, I mean, I saw, uh, I'm happy that they're ripping the fucking statues down. I hope they can get all of them down. I don't know what kind of tools you need or who owns those tools, which is something that I've been kind of perplexed by for a couple of days. Like, who just has those tools? They have those, like, leather ropes that they just all pull at once, and it seems like they're just toppling. So are those yeah. statues just put on with glue? Because I'm like, that's like, <laughs> I'm like, what is this? How can you just, I'm about to just go around kicking shit down then. But, like, it's just, it's it's crazy because, and I mean, we have, in Philly, we have a lot of statues um, as well. But, I mean, you know, I know there's some problematic shit that we got up there for show. Uh, <laughs> the Liberty Bell. <laughs> Yo, and that was the other thing too. Like, I actually was thinking about this. I was like, I wonder if anybody's gonna like deface uh, Independence Hall, which is where the Constitution was written. Oh, well, Before the I Declaration mean, of Independence. I wonder if anybody's gonna like. Def- I mean, they tried to move the Liberty Bell once, and then it cracked, and now it's a whole thing. Uh, so like, <laughs> like you know, I'm just kind of like. I don't know. Like, to me, all the colonial shit got to go. Like, I can't, like, I'm just... You don't, yeah, you don't need a symbol to learn about it. No, and you uh, need to learn the fucking truth. Like, it's, start, it's time to start telling the truth. And, mm-hmm. like, I feel like half of the stuff that I've learned about Black history, about Black people, us as a people in general, like, was when I went to college. Or just, like, knowledge that I got from, like, going to events that my mom, like, that, that, that the AKAs would put on. Like, mm-hmm. when I was a little girl, you know? It's just, I wasn't getting that knowledge in school at all like I was telling um one of our one of our friends our British friends that um growing up we learned about Thanksgiving in the way that like the pilgrims and and you know the Indians as they called them then came you know came together and they had uh you know a great dinner and they traded corn and this and and like but it's like there was nothing mentioned about genocide and, and right. smallpox infection disease and uh-huh. anything like that and the trail of tears yes like nothing mentioned what is this narrative that uh, america is just fake as america's a fake ass bitch <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i think um and i'm not i'm not gonna give illinois too much mm-hmm. because they have 
many problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Chicago school system taught that stuff because we the city was founded by a black man, and you oh, cannot okay. you can't sugarcoat that, and you can't lie about it. Yeah, there's pictures like actual illustrations and and stuff, uh, and there's a lot of things named after him, and so they had to teach American history in the right way, lest they get put on a summer jam screen. <laughs> right, exactly. So, I mean, I learned a lot of it growing up, but it was also just kind of like, well, why are things still this way? Right. And that was where I always got kind of like, uh, all right, like, is anybody going to do anything to change this? Or, like, is this just the system that we are going to, you know, continue to exist within? Which yeah. is why I've been so hopeful in the past few weeks, because it seems like I'm glad that people want to change the systems. Yeah. A lot of my social studies teachings, I mean, I'm assuming we're this way because of where I grew up. I mean, growing up in Philadelphia is like... You got a ton of places to go for field trips. Yeah, we're the colonial. We've been everywhere. I've been down in Betsy Ross's house, child. I've been <laughs> I've been in everybody's living room that you can think of. Every, like, white person that uh, touched the flag, I've been in their living room. Like, it's... <laughs> It's crazy. I've been inside of Ben Franklin's printing press. Um, <laughs> I have. I have. Oh, no. Like, you know, I've had to, I ate lunch in Unmarked Graveyard. Like, that sounds traumatic, Sarita. I mean, it's just headstones that you, that don't have any kind of name on them, but it's just, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of like, I don't know. That's that's kind of what it is. I don't know if it's still that way, though, because I don't know much about what the school districts are doing at the moment or, like, if the teachers are different. Um, shit, I just remembered that, like, there was uh, two options in high school uh, when you were in, I believe, 10th grade or 11th grade where you could either take chemistry or chemcom. Chemcom was basically, like, a more, for lack of a better term, remedial version of chemistry, and, like, pretty much all of the black kids were placed in ChemCom. Mm. Yeah, I remember that. And I remember thinking, like, That's what? Like, what is, like, it just, it's very interesting to me. Like, thinking back on stuff and, like, things that you've grown to accept, you know. Um, and, and also, it's like, depending on where you grew up and what certain status quos were. And, like, like I've talked to some people who grew up in really small towns in the South that have said, like, I've had actual KKK action um, happening on my front lawn, and I just assumed that white folks were superior to black people because that was the thing that was constantly presented to me until, like, my parents were like, nah, fuck that noise. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy. And and yeah. for people who are like, oh, my God, how how did it get this way? Or, you know, like, I, I'm, I just, I've, I've found that, like, my patience, I tweeted today that my patience level, my patience tank is on E. I'm literally on E. Like, I, I don't have, like, I'm actually scared I might put my hands on somebody. Right. Because, like, I don't have the patience for people to say, like, I don't understand. I don't get it. Oh, my God, I had no idea. Like, shit is obvious. I can understand the plight of a person who possibly, like, you could at least understand the gravity of, of human beings and when they go through certain situations. Right. I can understand the way somebody feels who possibly has, you know, has like a more um, turbulent life or tumultuous life than I do. You know what I mean? I can at least see how this is happening. I can see how it would affect them Mm -hmm. because I'm a person who has general empathy and intelligence and I use my brain 
And I'm not trying to cut myself off from understanding the experiences of others. So it's like if you have just general logic in your head, how do you not understand how this could have happened or that it even exists in the first place? Right. I I don't know. And I think that's where my patience runs out because I'm like that with everything. I'm like that with work. Like if you don't, if you're not using general knowledge and intelligence mm-hmm. to make it through the day, I, I don't have any country for you. You know right. what I mean? So like, when it comes to like these specific conversations, you know, I'm even more so just like I'm not explaining to you why your statement is ignorant. I'm not fucking sitting because you are a person. You work where I work. Right. Do you know what I mean? You work where I work. You. So how like yeah it 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 also becomes a little bit insult I mean not just insulting the fact that they had the audacity to ask that but the fact that you did get to the same place with that lack of knowledge it's right. like this right here the fact that you were sitting here having a conversation and I know this and you don't and we're employed at the same place yeah is it's a problem it's a big ass problem how did you rise the ranks without this general knowledge and like and and how can you not look back and see, like, even if you were blind to something, how can you not look back and see how it is the way it is? Like, how can you not take yourself and go, oh, you know what? Now that I'm reflecting on this, I see where this could have happened or that could have happened. And that's why all the shit that's like, I let you down. I'm so sorry. I love you so much. It all feels empty. Right. That's why I compared it to like a fucked up relationship, because it's literally like, okay, there's a level of self-preservation that needs to be had. And I think and I hope I hope and I encourage all the black people to be practicing some major self-care, because even though we are fighting the good fight, we still need to be taking care of ourselves. We still need to be sometimes like I had to get off Instagram because I just was like, I can't I can't do it. I can't I can't. Because I just felt myself getting to that point where I'm like, Sarita, you about to say some shit to some people that you don't even really know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You about to start talking to some folks and calling them out. And and I don't know if I need that for my psyche. Right. Like, not even that they don't need it. I don't need it mm-hmm. for me. Because what's my outlet after that? You know? And and will they change after that? No, they're or probably they, just going to feel attacked. and they'll delete the comment Mm -hmm. and it'll be as though you never said it and they'll never internalize it because it's too much Mm -hmm. too much work i just want people to do the work and and the thing about it is like it's not even hard it's just uncomfortable for them yeah like that's Mm -hmm. the thing and that's another reason why i'm like if you ain't if you ain't about to tell me that you're gonna do some work or that you're gonna actually make like make effort to change then get out my face Right. I don't need to be on this call. I don't need to know. I don't need to talk to you on phone. I don't need to talk to you on Zoom. I don't need to be anywhere near this. Because if you're not going to do the work, leave me the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear about how we need to have. No, like if you're just you just don't want to be uncomfortable because you're not accustomed to the level of discomfort that we have been subjected to our entire fucking lives. I wrote something down like and I, I didn't post it just because I, there was no outlet for it mm-hmm. um but something about how the level of racial injustice awareness and societal injustice 
that I had to have by the time I was five to six years old, mm-hmm. a lot of white people don't have even in their grown, fully realized adult selves. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, if they were not white, they probably would not have, ex- like, they wouldn't have made it as far. No. No. And what I mean by that is they'd probably be dead because just, like, a lack of general... Yeah, awareness. Wherewithal. Yeah. Awareness. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like, exactly. Like, I've... I think I've known... I mean, shit, I've... It's safe to assume that pretty much, I'm going to say, like, 99.5% of Black people in this world in America are made aware of racial prejudice and discrimination at a very early age. Mm-hmm. And and that's another reason why I just, I also don't have time to educate because, or proce- like help you process because... Because we're still processing too. And, and it's like, and I'm also processing the generational trauma that my family has endured from, you know, the years of slavery and everything else that was passed down, you know, because of systemic oppression and racism. Right. Like, because it's not over. No. I mean, that's the thing. (laughs) They wrapped wrapped it up in a nice, neat little bow. um, And they think that racism hasn't existed since the 60s. Yeah. By they, I mean just like society at large. Yeah. Like, most likely what people in countries who are looking at us as world leaders think. It's like, oh, they got that shit wrapped up. It's like, no. no, Not not even close. No. Not even close. And like, that's the thing where it's like, it's it's hard. It's really hard and it's really frustrating. And I think about all the people who like have to go to work and work in predominantly white companies after they have to sit and watch, you know, people that look like them be killed and be disparaged. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I say it all the time before I even get to work, before I even get in the shower, I've already seen so much evidence that lets me know that this country hates me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And then it's like the little things end up mattering. The way that people will just walk in front of you when you're walking or, right. you know, not move out of your way or it's just everything's magnified. Like not asking you if you need help in in the in this in, you know, when you're waiting in line to get lunch because there's a white person that's saying they had to have been there before you. Right. It's just little shit like like that. That's also just magnified you know what I mean and it's like and now I have to go in here and listen to you talk about how we have to do something uh post something about black culture and everything like dig dig deep within your fucking self (laughs) and do it yeah you know what I mean I'm not talking about anybody in particular (laughs) but I'm just saying like this is it's 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 hard because even when they're supposed to be doing the work we are still doing the work yeah, and I, I also feel like there's there's the other side of that that is asking how someone is doing and making them relive things that right. might be traumatic because they're recalling events where, you know, black people have been murdered on film, which is desensitizing at a certain point when you black see Black bodies so are treated often. terribly, always not- has been, always. It's just those, like, the, the treatment yeah. of black bodies, I don't mean like, to cut you off, but, like, the treatment of black bodies is, like... No, it's okay. It's just, it's inhumane. We are always, we've always been treated like we are not human. We've either been fetishized or we've been uh, bloodied and battered and killed and, like, people just on display. And it's fucked up. It's fucked up. Go ahead, right. sorry. 
No, no, no. But yeah, on the other side of that, then asking people, how do you feel about this? It's like... How do you think I feel? That's that's a violent question to ask. Right. Quite frankly. And I don't think people really understand what they're asking when they ask shit like that. Um, mm-hmm. And how loaded that question is. Um, and how they are not... They aren't equipped to ask that question. Let me ask you this. What do you think the solve is? Like, I've been seeing a bunch of, like, panels and Zoom conferences where it's like, let's get a, let's have a conversation between, like, white women and black women. Let's have a conversation, like, you know, um, Mm -hmm. uh, Asians uplifting black people, Asians and black women having conversations. Like, what do you think, how do you feel about all of those things? Do you feel positive about them? Or do you feel like these are temporary solves? These are Band-Aids? I think they're, I think they're bandages on bullet wounds. I think trying to be hopeful, maybe there's some discourse that comes out of it on how they can equip themselves to have these difficult conversations, which really shouldn't be difficult with the people who are problematic in their lives in that regard. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the other side of that, I feel like in this new world post-COVID, because we we are still in the midst of a pandemic, a lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of people have lost their Mm -hmm. financial stability. A lot of people have lost their Mm -hmm. livelihoods. And I think some people are just looking for a quick way to get back Mm -hmm. in the spotlight. That's true. To be booked. To be booked. And I think that's disgusting. And you can tell Mm -hmm. when that happens. And I think a lot of people are being opportunistic to preserve their livelihoods in the face of a pandemic versus actually caring about the things that they go and talk about and the conversations that they have and the panels that they put themselves on because some of them have, too, been, you know, aggressors mm-hmm. and oppressors. I definitely agree with you. I, I feel I'm, 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 I want to be hopeful and say this is people that are trying to get uncomfortable to understand what's happening, but then I'm also kind of like, eh, but I feel like I've seen this before. You know, there's two yep. sides of the coin mm-hmm. of that for me. Um one other thing I wanted to talk about, which aggravates me to no end, and I shouldn't even bring it up, but was the uh, fact that people were like, oh, Trump liked Insecure. This doesn't mean Trump watches Insecure. Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck his mama. Fuck his daddy. Yeah. Fuck his whole family. <laughs> um, honestly, like, I don't care. Like, I, to me, that that's like a plant. To me, that's a plant. That's a plant. Like, yeah. that's like a like that was like, I bet, yo, like this, I bet you. You know what I'm saying? People are gonna be like, oh. I think, I think somebody happened to his account, uh-huh. quite frankly, because he's he's liked so much other shit that's been vile and racist and like, you know, all the things he is. Vile, racist, ignorant, dumb, uneducated, yeah. etc. Uh, he's liked a lot of that stuff. That was the only like, and so I think somebody hacked into his account, which means, fingers yeah. crossed, they delete that shit. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, Twitter needs to get him out of here. First of all, you don't need to have a Twitter account that's made. Like, you just don't. Like, you don't. You need no. to get your old nasty ass off of Twitter. Right. You have so many supporters and followers. Make just your own figure it out. I know there has to be a computer person in there somewhere. There, surely. <laughs> Somebody that went to computer school. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think we've uh, we've done an hour of good good wholehearted complaining a good old vent good old vent session i definitely needed this and i hope that uh people listen and that they can also find some satisfaction in our frustrations as well like some satisfaction in the venting yeah and 
Email us, uh, hello at onshegoes.com. Let us know what you are thinking, how you're mm-hmm. feeling. Uh, we haven't really been active in social of late just because, as you've heard over the last hour, we are exhausted. Fucking tired. It is us. Uh, <laughs> it's literally in addition us. to two other team members uh, who, you know, yeah. do all of this. And so we took some time off for ourselves. Personally, I got back on Instagram today after like a week of not being on there. I'm too scared. Um, just to post the kente cloth scarf Ugh. thing because it made me laugh so hard. Uh, but for the most part, I haven't been really on social media over the past few weeks. Yeah, same. For this very reason. Um, so send us, shoot us an email, shoot us a DM. We will get in the inbox and have a look. Mm-hmm. Um, Sidebar about the Kente cloth thing. My girlfriend had a really good point. She was like, I bet somebody at the CBC was like, this would be a good showman of solidarity, but didn't realize how it would necessarily come across. Mm. But I do, uh, and, and that, yeah, that's, it's a terribly, terribly tone deaf idea, of course. Um, but I heard they are introducing uh, some reform legislation. So hopefully that'll but, be I good. I mean, hopefully this will lead to political change. I feel like the Democratic Party has rested on their laurels for far too long, not to get completely political. But no, like, you're right. They just assume that they have the black vote without having done any of the work. Because right. a lot of them need to be doing the exact same shit that we just talked about, like doing the education of this fucked up society. And there's no reason they should be working in government if they don't even know that stuff as table stakes to have that job. Yeah, agree. I agree 100 um, percent. Yeah, like that was the thing that pissed me off because I was like, bitch, pass a law. Like, right. don't, don't take do a something. Like, I don't need you to take an arthritic knee. <laughs> like, like, sure. what is your job? Do your job. Like, what is going on? Yeah. Oh, my God. And I saw somebody say, like, I don't know what's funnier, that Cory Booker opted out of it or that, like, <laughs> opted into it. Like, I don't know which what is, like, more funny. Um, yeah. Yes. Please take care of yourselves, everybody. Self-care, so important. I can't say it enough. If you need to get off of social, get off of social. If you need to take a break, get take off a break. Social and log out and delete the apps off your phone. I'm telling you. I had to 24 delete, hours, yeah. like it's a life, it's a life changer. And after the first 24 hours, it gets easier and easier with every passing day. It really does. You actually forget. I'll tell you what saves my life. And I don't, you know, sometimes I struggle with them because they're always showing me white women with box braids, but Pinterest. <laughs> I think Pinterest. They love, they love. A white woman with a box braid. <laughs> don't get it. I just don't, like, what What about me says I want to see this? <laughs> and I report the picture every time. I report all the pictures every single time. Um, yeah, we love you guys, and be safe, be I'm good to yourself. I'm just see you on Pinterest doing that. <laughs> I am. I'm For hours here. at a time. Delete, report. I'm always reporting. Delete. And they're like, why is why are you reporting this? And the, one of the options is, like, hate speech and discriminate. I'm like, hate speech. Like, it is hateful. It's, hateful. it's super hateful. <laughs> Showing me this. Get out my Someone face. who hates you did that to you. Right. That's what I assume. This <laughs> is a targeted <laughs> attack. Um, yes, for sure. All right. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thanks. Bye.